You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Auto D show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful, sunny, and kind of cold today, Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and tonight my guest is Nashville based singer songwriter Seth Alexander, who happens to have a brand new single dropping in early March. So we'll be talking about that record and his career in music right after this first song from the Fervor Records catalog called Gypsy Red by the Sugar Thieves here on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
Sugar Thieves here on the Auto D Show, who recently actually took second place in an international blues competition in Memphis, Tennessee. Congratulations, guys. And that tune is Gypsy Red, um, one of my favorite songs on the Fervor Records catalog, which, by the way, are one of my sponsors here on the show, and also sponsored by TheRecordingArtist.com, where every Wednesday evening I record bands live online while you watch. In fact, I just launched my own Roku channel, so starting March 1st, you can download it for free if you have Roku on your TV and get all kinds of cool free music shows to watch, uh, including our live events every Wednesday night from the studio. It's called The Recording Artist, and you can learn more at therecordingartist.com. But with that uh, said, uh, let's get on to getting this show on the road with tonight's guest, Seth Alexander. Seth, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Otto D, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate this uh, wonderful opportunity. Well, it's great to have you. This is your uh, third single, I believe? Definitely, yeah. Third single we're releasing every month to three months. Okay. And what's the title of the one that's coming out in March? Uh, March 17th. The title is uh, Till Your Boots is Dirty. Okay. Now, I noticed that I don't have a full-length copy of that, but on your website, I can hear 30 seconds. So you're kind of holding that one back until it's time? Uh, possibly. Yep. Yep. Possibly. <laughs> cool. Well, I did grab a couple cool. others that we can play too. So, uh, but before we get into, to listening to music, um, tell me a little bit about how you got started. Cause you're, you're out of Nashville now, but you're not, you're not originally from Nashville, right? No, not, not ori- originally. So I grew up in Idaho, 27 years, Boise and surrounding areas. Okay. And it all started when I was six. Uh, my grandfather gave me my first guitar. I mean, it was just like a little yard sale guitar. It wasn't expensive or anything, but to me, it meant the world because as soon as he gave it to me, he said, okay, son, you know what to do with it. And now grandfather and I, we would drive around in the truck and sing to Merle Haggard, Ernest Tubb, and all of them. Well, shortly two weeks after that, he had passed away due to cancer. Oh, so gosh. it's always just been instilled in me. So that when I was 12, I started writing what I thought were poems, and poems turned into songs. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And yeah. tell, tell me about your cousin Bobby, because I read about uh, your relationship and your bio. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Bobby. Bobby Blazer. Um, so he was uh, a very big inspiration growing up. He was always playing guitar, uh, still does to this day, and he would play a lot of fairs and festivals. So when he'd come over to Grandma's house, I'd... I'd bring my guitar over and I would always ask for lessons. <laughs> mm-hmm. And is that the, uh, is that kind of the way you got started? Yes. Yes. So I, I learned from my cousin, my cousin just taught me, you know, simple chords, but then my cousin Bobby, um, my cousin Chris taught me simple chords, but my cousin Bobby taught me more advanced 
things. Mm-hmm. And so was that uh, when you started writing at twelve, you thought you were writing poems, and they turned into songs. How did you find out they were songs? Um, well, I mean, you know, I would hear the radio playing, and I would hear the the melody behind the song, and I'm like, well, I wonder if I play guitar to this, could this be a song? Mm-hmm. So that's how they turned it into songs. Oh, so you had you'd written some poems, and then you thought, well, I can just turn them into songs. Yep. That's pretty cool. And um, at 12 years old, you're playing guitar. When's the first time you actually played out in front of people, like a gig? Ooh, um, actually, I didn't really do that until I was in college. Okay. Um, I was I was very nervous, shy, and scared. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that led me to waiting until I was in college. Where'd you go to um, school? But then when I started getting out there, I, I found out that people really liked it, so I kept going. Where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to a couple. I went to uh, Billings, Montana, Rocky Mountain, and then I also mm-hmm. went to Boise State in Boise, Idaho. Okay. And uh, what were you studying in school? Um, so at Boise State, I was studying um, health leadership with an emphasis of health policy and a business minor. Mm-hmm. But when I was 16, well, I started doing yard work when I was 11. So when I was 16, I got my private pilot's license. So about Rocky <laughs> Mountain. Well, you said you got your private pilot's license at 16? Yeah, it's crazy. I actually had that before I had my driver's license two weeks wow. before. Seth, that is crazy, man. That's awesome. <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Oh, you're good. So up at Rocky Mountain, I was uh, at my flight school and um, just you know, got into it a couple weeks, found out I was type 1 diabetic, and of course the FAA says, hey, you can't fly for hire, but you can still fly for fun. So there's a blessing in disguise there, but, you know. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. So when's the first time you put a band together to play? Oh, that would definitely been when I was in uh, Idaho. So about two years before I moved to Nashville, um, my cousin Bobby, he had a bunch of band guys, and they all knew that I know how to sing, and so we would all get together to play some fairs and festivals. Um, one of my last shows in Idaho was actually in Glens Ferry at the fair and rodeo up there, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll always remember that, you know. Yeah, cool. What year did you move to Nashville? Um, November ninth of twenty eighteen, so almost five years. Okay, you got there like right before uh, the big shutdown, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect, perfect yeah. time to maybe it might have had a good time to arrive. I'm not sure, but uh, when you well, went, to, it was a great time. When oh, you went to Nashville, sorry. what? No, that's good. What? What? Uh, what made you make that decision? What prompted that? Um, you know, I I really wish I would have left when I was 18, uh-huh. but I did not. Um, that wasn't in the plan that God God had at the time. So I waited until I was 27, and I thought to myself, Seth. If you don't get out there and do it now, you'll never do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took the chance, came down to uh, Nashville, and uh, I have now made a team of sharks, and we're and we're out just killing it. Yeah. In fact, you know, I read also that a lot of people believe that you know it's a ten-year road to hoe when you show up in town before anything's really going to happen for you. You got to kind of get in line, but uh, it didn't go that way for you. No, no, nope. Um, I. You know, I'm I'm very I, I love shaking hands. I love talking to people, and down here, it's the more you get out and talk to people, the more people get to know you and like you and want to work with you. Mm-hmm. So that's just you know what I've done: networking in cigar bars, um, and then going out you know downtown uh-huh. and networking as well. Uh-huh. Listen, when you got to Nashville, it, 
I, I know Nashville. So I'm just thinking when you came from Boise or from Idaho, you, you had to, and you walk into any bar or any restaurant and you hear players better than everyone from your hometown every time. And it, it has to really have an impact on you when you first arrived. It does. It'll either break you down or make you stronger. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I truly feel that. And, and to be honest with you, man, even today, if, if I can't play something very well on the guitar, I'll always hire out. I always want my music to stand out as best as it can. So mm-hmm. I'll always try my best. But if I can't do it, I'm, you know, I'm going to get one of those players that I want to be, you know? <laughs> man, I hear you. And what's funny is I think that's why I spent my life as a recording engineer and record producer because I wanted to be a rock star. And when I got in the studio and found out what I wasn't on guitar and found out what the really good guys were, I put my guitar down and said, hey, buddy, come over here and play this song for me. And I just, <laughs> I kind of moved into the studio uh, on the other side of the glass by accident, kind of backwards. And I think I lived vicariously for 20 years uh, through other artists before I realized, you know, I got I to gotta get back out there and, and play something again, you know. But yeah, it's amazing when you see those talented cats. Uh, I understand exactly how you feel about having them play with you. Yeah. I heard you're doing a bit of co-writing, too. You're in some regular co-writing uh, sessions. Oh, definitely. That That's a must. And, you know, so I did move here before COVID, and, and COVID was definitely not a blessing in any way. But as a songwriter in Nashville, it gave you a lot of downtime to write. Mm-hmm. So I was I was doing four or five co-writes a week plus my solo writes. I, I also love to write by myself, too, because I can spark ideas and I can be honest with myself and truthful. Because as you know, we all go through the same thing. It might be a little bit different, but mm-hmm. when I can stand up on stage and see that girl smiling back at me or the guy giving me the thumbs up, I know I've impacted someone's life with my lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And you mentioned uh, writing by yourself because you can be more honest. Um, I think it's interesting that when you get into co-writing, all of a sudden, it's not so much about you. It's about an agreed upon story and approach and you bring yourself to it, but it's no longer very necessarily biographical where your original material that you write by yourself typically is, I find. Well, no truer words have been spoken. I uh, <laughs> I 100% agree with you. You know, when I go into a co-write, I think it's going to go this way, but it goes another way. And by the end of the write, I'm like, wow, I'm glad that that happened. And then when I go into record it, I have, I hear every instrument in my head. I hear the piano, the drums, <laughs> everything. Yeah. And so I, I'm talking to my engineer, Kerry Marks, who's the music director at the Opry. And uh, he's just like, Seth, it's not going to turn out how you want it, per se, but I'm going to get it this close. And when it comes back, I'm like, you know what? This is perfect. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, when you put the decisions in the hands of people who know what they're doing uh, and let their vision be part of it, it, it always gets better. And it's fresh for you. When you do it all yourself, uh, sometimes it's too much of you. You kind of need that outside influence a little bit, you know? Yep, 100%. <clears throat> and speaking of outside influences, I'm just kind of, again, glancing through some promo material and uh, I mentioned some people that you had a chance to uh, work with in the studio or at least in Nashville. And one name that kind of pops out for me is Tony King, who was a harmony vocalist uh, for Brooks and Don. Now I, I don't know Tony, but uh, I can tell you this, I know his work and uh, I've been for four years. I just finished a four year stint as in a Brooks and Dunn tribute band singing, uh, you know, Ronnie Dunn's part. And let me tell you, 
that oh. son of a gun and sing. So it was a blast <laughs> learning those songs and singing that stuff every night. It was just so much fun. But those records, those Brooks and Dunn records are just incredible, aren't they? Oh, 100%. You know, and I, and I always find myself doing a, a Brooks and Dunn song whenever I go out. And, you know, you always say hey, to the venue, hey, am I playing covers? Am I mixing in originals? And <laughs> right. every time they say I can play covers, you know, it's 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 Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, do you have a couple favorite ones? Oh, yes. Uh, Red Dirt Road right. is one that I'll sing. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. And then Brand New Man. But we do the Luke Combs version. Oh, cool. Brooks cool. and Dunn's. Yeah. Very cool. So tell me about Tony. How, how did you meet Tony, and how what, what have you done with him? Um, well, I was very uh, blessed to have met Carrie through my producer, Richard Donahue. And so when I met Carrie, I found out he was the lead band director at the Opry, and he's also played with Johnny Cash and a bunch of others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I needed background vocals on my very first song that I produced here in Nashville. And... It just so happened he knew Tony because Tony now sings background at the Opry. And he's like, hey, I have this guy. He, he used to sing for Brooks and Dunn. Would you like to have him on there? I said, sure, <laughs> sounds great. That's funny. So I've had, oh, I've had so many people from the Opry on all my stuff. Isn't like, that I've, fun? All my songs I use this, the same guys because the talent is just amazing and yeah. the ideas never run out and it's always something new and different. Yeah, it's and they've been they've been around the best the the whole time they've been in town too. So everybody just improves everybody else because everyone's game is so so high. It's such a neat uh, music town for that for that purpose. And being associated with people at the Opry is really really cool. Yeah, I um, I was actually back there last Friday backstage Opry. Okay, and I'm going back again in uh, April and just to see how the back of the house of the Opry works and getting to talk. Like I got to talk to Jamie Johnson and Nate Smith and some record label people and the Opry manager and Carrie, of course, and stuff. And it's just, it's great how all of that is, is ran and, and the thought that goes into making the Opry so special, as you know, the the church of country music. Yeah, it really is. And in fact, uh, a buddy of mine here in town, uh, you remember nineties rockers, McBride and the ride. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Terry. Yeah. Well, they're back together and doing some work. And one of the guys in the band is Ray is Ray Herndon. Ray lives out here, and he's always on. He's on my recording show. He's, I've hired him on a thousand records. He's just an, an unbelievable player. And uh, him and his brother have a band called the Herndon Brothers Band that play every Wednesday, the whole horn section and everything at a restaurant oh, wow. that he owns that his family owned, uh, and they took over. But uh, yeah, Ray was out with Lyle Lovett for a long time, and then it's so exciting to see them getting uh, back together with McBride and the Ride. And they got a couple; they got one new single out from their EP. They got another one coming up. So if you get back there, when I know they've been playing at the Opry lately, if you get back there, say hey to, to Ray for me. Oh, definitely for sure. I I, I really enjoy listening to Terry, and, and now I have you know some uh, you know I can I can talk to him about other stuff now. So that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, let me ask you this. You know, you mentioned um, when you were really little that you listened to the stuff your grandfather was listening to, some of the oldies, you know, um, yeah. Haggard and Jones. And um, Would you say you're more influenced by the older stuff from a writing style, or do you think it's more uh, as you got a little older and listened to more modern stuff? Uh, wow, that's hard. Um, I, I really li- would like to say that I'm more traditional mm-hmm. with... Um, I like to say I write country lyrics, but the instrumentals are kind of country southern rock. Mm-hmm. 
um, my writing style would definitely be more traditional, but then I also understand, you know, as the the market changes, people want to hear different things. I like to to play and seeing what the people want to hear. So if I go to a show and they want to hear something, I'm going to play that because it's it's their show. So Yeah, that's interesting because it's their show. You know, I think um, you you hit the nail on the head. You you really want to make the people happy because if you make the people happy, number one, you get called back, you know. Uh, they want to see 100%. you again. and you build a fan base. Exactly. And, and the one, the one thing that I love to tell people is when you come to my show, you're not just another ticket, mm-hmm. your family. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, also just while we're talking about family, how about this? How, a little, how about a little shout out to music city media for giving us the call and hooking this little interview up. I appreciate those guys. Yeah. So that's, yeah, cool. I'm very blessed to have a net cat and a team and, yep. And it never ama- it never stops amazing me just what all they're able to do and and um, how they're able to help me get out there in front of people and get discovered. Yeah, you know, and uh, they've been in, around for a while too. So it's not just picking up the phone and making calls. There's relationships, and this business is relationships. So oh yeah, and and it's crazy. I was like I was backstage at the Opera Friday, and this guy walks up to me, didn't even know who he was, and I he introduced himself and then I introduced myself, told him about me. He's like, man, I've heard of you from somewhere. I says, well, I have a PR team that might be, you know, uh-huh. you know, might be pushing some stuff out. We'll come to find out he was ahead of one of the biggest labels here in town. <laughs> so, isn't, isn't that cool? You never know, man. Yeah. And you know, that's what I love about Nashville. You know, I, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, so I can, I can pretty much promise you no matter what restaurant I go, sit down and eat at there's not going to be anybody else in the room that's in the music business or rarely right and in nashville you sit down in in a little in a little uh you know waffle house in nashville and you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody in there that's not in the music business you know (laughs) even the people (laughs) that are working are are in the music business so it's exciting to to breathe that air when you're when you're there and in that market because you feel like you're not just you're not just a singer-songwriter in Nashville. You're you're part of a town that is music. So you feel like everyone you see is kind of in the game you're in. So in the sense, they're on your team or they're someone that you want to know. So it kind of makes the town friendlier in a sense, you know? Yeah, um, I, I, I would agree with that for sure. And it's, it's cool because you can see what other people are doing. You can hear what other people are doing. And... You know, for me, I like to go to shows and, uh-huh. and people will be like, hey, Seth, why aren't you dancing around? Why aren't you singing? <laughs> well, I'm standing there observing what they're doing so I can make my shows better. And that, that's cool because in Nashville, you hear conversations of all the time of what people are doing. And, and then, you know, it helps you out. And yeah. It's, it's a blessing. Yeah, it really is. And I think the, another, another cool thing is so many guys uh, who aren't the main, you know, famous faces, they are the session guys, they are the hit songwriters, they're just regular Joes and in that town they think of themselves that way and so you can run into somebody who has done everything you ever want to do and they're still just a regular guy they're happy to help you they're happy to talk to you there's just just a lot of that uh, ability to uh, find a mentor and to mentor in that market it's just a kind of a cool place to be yeah agree all right man well what do you say we play one of your tunes i've got uh two songs here will you tell me which one you'd like to hear first one of them is millionaire and one of them is neon bar oh yeah definitely definitely millionaire um millionaire is, is probably one of my most favorite songs tell me about um, it uh sorry what was that yeah just uh, tell me about the song when when did you when did you write it what's it about 
Yeah, for sure. So millionaire, uh, it actually came about <laughs> when I was younger. I was in my grandma's kitchen and I was singing Hank Williams, I'm so lonesome I could cry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked at grandma, I said, grandma, if I was a millionaire, <laughs> I could go around, tour the world, share my music with everyone. It would be great. She looks at me and she says, Seth, you are a millionaire. You have a family that loves you, wants you, and needs you. And so, for me, that's what being a millionaire is. Oh, it's it's cool. not society's uh, example of a millionaire by, like, gold chains and, and all this and that. So, it, it means a, a lot to me because it has family value in it. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So, when was this song released? Um, this song was released, ooh, probably about six months ago. Okay. So, it's on the new so, record that's coming out? Yeah. Yep. So we, we shot, like, the video. The video, uh, both videos for Neon Bar and Millionaire mm-hmm. are on YouTube. Cool. And if no one's seen the Millionaire music video, I would uh, strongly encourage you to go see it. It's really cool. Um, it involves flying, which I used to do. Um, a really nice house. One of my friends, I got to use his house and a nice car and stuff. So it has a lot of really cool things, and it shows who I am as an artist as well. Cool. All right. Well, you know what? I would say uh, get yourself a drink of water. I'm going to play this tune, and then I'll bring you right back on, all right? Sounds great. So let's check this out here on the Auto D Show. This is Millionaire from Seth Alexander. I'm just a poor boy. You've heard my story before. More than a time or two They slammed the door on me So these streets I roam Searching for a better home One day I'll shine like chrome For all to see I would sell my soul And tell you how I feel I would give all I got if it would help 
Seth Alexander here on the Auto D Show. Nice track, Seth. I really dig that. Ah, thank you, thank you. So that yeah, song, definitely a lot of thought. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Walking on, uh, what was it walking on the airfield? I'm already forgotten the lyrics. Yeah, there. walking on air, feeling on like a millionaire. Air feeling. Okay, there you go. Feeling like a millionaire. That's cool. Yeah, and I can imagine the video. I didn't watch the video. I did see a clip, you know, the the static image of you in front of the airplane. So I thought that's kind of cool. Had to yeah. be fun to shoot. Oh, very much. It, it took thirteen hours. <laughs> I know. If you don't, if you haven't been around that before, you know it can be a bit of a surprise. But that's pretty cool. Um, tell me about who's on the record. Do you recall? Yeah. So um, the the songwriters co writers are Dell and Elmer, um, and then as far as the record, it's Carrie Marks, his wife Catherine, who plays for Reba, um, and then Tommy Harden, who plays drums. He plays for Alabama and a bunch of others. And then, but see, Carrie on this one, he done a lot of a lot of the instruments. He does guitar and bass and mm-hmm. some other things as well. So mainly for this one, it was just those three, and then of course Tony. Isn't that fun to have such talented people around you? Oh yeah, it's it's a real oh, yeah. luxury, you know, and and a blessing really. So when you do you play shows out right now, just solo shows, or have you got any band shows coming up? Yeah, for sure. So I definitely have some uh, solo shows that I've been doing, but I'm I'm doing band shows as well. Uh, I actually have one March 11th at the Mint Casino in Kentucky. And okay. then I have um, another show. Uh, it's a festival in Dixon, Tennessee on June 24th, and they're all full band. We are planning to tour back to Idaho and then make some shows like I have a a show I'm playing out in uh, New Mexico right now at a casino down there. Okay. So, yeah. Well, when you uh, go out and play, is the band uh, pickup players out of Nashville, or is it some of the guys from the record? Who do you get to take with you? Yeah, so uh, basically I just I just find guys that I really like here in town, mm-hmm. and I ask them if they want to play with me, and then we just go out and play shows. Very cool. Um, I know one guy who always plays with me. His name's Joseph Carlano. And uh, he's one of my good friends. We've been uh, playing shows together for four four years now. Mm-hmm. So he's my rhythm guitarist, and he does background vocals. That's very cool. And have you are you trying yeah. to hold down a day job too in the middle of all this? Um, well, yeah. Right now, I'm I'm working a little day job part time, but my main focus is is music for sure. And you play guitar when you're doing shows. Do you play guitar or just sing? I try to incorporate both, but yes, I do mainly sing. Okay. Are you going to ever start playing piano? Ooh, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to play piano and drums. Oh, yeah? How, why the drums? Yeah. What is, What's that? What inspires you to play the drums? Ooh, I just, I, I love the, the sound of a good kick drum and the toms. Like, when I when I get a record produced, I make sure and tell Tommy, 
make sure and add those 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 two elements mm-hmm. um and so i just like that deep hit it just makes my heart you know keep keep beating <laughs> uh-huh. that's cool that's very cool well, I'll have to get you starting to play on piano. You might find when you when you uh, start to write on a different instrument that you also start to write a little bit different ideas because your hands go to different places naturally, you know? Exactly. And I do have a keyboard at the house that I'll kind of fool around with every once in a while. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first song I knew how to play on piano was Halloween. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're when you're writing, do you uh, typically just sit and write a melody or do you start by grabbing your guitar and, and starting to play some chords? Honestly, for me, I can do either um, chords or lyrics, but I usually just start with lyrics. Mm-hmm. Just start singing so ideas, and singing ideas into your phone. It's kind of my, what we use for a recorder these days, right? Yep, or uh, napkins. I'm still, I'm still that napkin songwriter. Are you? Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Well, then you know, then I have to tell you this because <clears throat> you mentioned that you like to sing "Red Dirt Road" when you do a Brooks and Dunn show. But yeah. our Brooks and Dunn song, but uh, we in the show we used to talk about that song as the napkin song, because <laughs> the old story was they wrote it on a napkin in a restaurant or bar after a show, and that it came out of the studio exactly as it went in on the napkin. And usually, you know, as a writer of songs on napkins, it usually it comes out a little different. And you know, when you come back out, you're still making changes. Right. But so I thought that was pretty cool. We always called that tune the napkin song. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is cool, and and a lot of people don't really know or understand that. Um, I was in a cigar bar yesterday here, and I was writing a new song that I'm uh, about ready to record called Sacred, mm-hmm. and um, they they were laughing at me because I was writing on napkins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, you know. I think you just the worst thing is to forget a great idea, you know. So you got to write uh-huh. it somewhere. And you know they, I've I've heard a lot of um, songwriters say, "Well, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have to get my phone or write it down or something." Right. I have yet to do that. Like, <laughs> I sleep pretty well. <laughs> okay, so you don't wake up in the middle of the night with a great idea. <laughs> no. I'm I'm kind of like you, and I go to bed. I don't wake up until my wife is like, "Get up!" I'm like, "Okay, what time is it? It's time to get up." Yeah. Well, it might be that musician life, too, where you stay up till 2 or 3 in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a good sleeper. I'm one of those people who says, you know, I can go to bed, ask my wife a question, and before she's done answering, I'm, I'm out. If I put my head down, I'm going to sleep. And I think maybe that's <laughs> a musician thing, too, because you learn, hey, sleep on, you got 10 minutes, sleep on the bus. You got an hour before sound check, sleep on the floor. You just get used to going to sleep when you want to go to sleep, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. No, I, I bet. So, um... Tell me about your song, again, the, the co-writing, songwriting experiences in Nashville, because I think that that's something that a lot of people who don't do it don't really understand. Um, for example, pick a writer you've been working with and dem- kind of explain to me how that changes your process. Yeah, for sure. So one of the guys that I write with a lot is uh, Elmer Knabel, and um it's crazy because I'll go into a co-write and I'll already have the idea down. They they know that they don't have to ask me, hey, what are we writing? So I will take a piece of paper, I'll put the hook up top with the title, and then I'll have like the first verse and the course done. And And it's crazy because Elmer has a different way of saying what I'm saying. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But it's really cool just to see how other songwriters 
uh, write songs and how they they work. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of get new tools, new writing tools from them. Exactly, and I've learned. I've I, well, I've been co-writing now for five years, and I've learned so much from different uh, co-writers. It's it's not funny. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things uh, in terms of writers to do was to go down to the Bluebird Cafe and listen to. You know, three three guys in the round that wrote all these hit songs, and and you'd never know it just looking at them. You know, but uh, there's all these incredible writers there, all over. Exactly. Two two that I really like is uh, Craig Wiseman and Jeffrey Still. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 are tremendous writers. Uh, I played the Bluebird a couple of times, and every time that you play the Bluebird, it's just like, wow. Think of all the people who got their start here, like you know Taylor Swift and Garth Brooks and. And and that is one venue that I absolutely love playing because everyone sits there in the quiet and they listen to the songs. Yeah. And so not only does it make the moment more intimate, but you know, kind of there's a chill factor as well. Yeah, and it's interesting because that means the audience is essentially full of either music enthusiasts who can appreciate it, or other songwriters who know what you're doing and they want to check it out. So you never know who's listening. Oh, exactly. Have you ever gotten a songwriting, a co-writing opportunity from playing in front of someone like that, the Bluebird? I have, actually, yeah. No, for sure. Um, so, well, one of my best friends, his name is Brandon, and he was sitting in the audience. Uh, this was a couple years ago, and that's how I met Brandon. Is uh, I was playing my song up on stage, and he's like, Hey, Seth, I would love to co-write with you. I love how you co-write. Maybe we can you know, do it over Zoom or, or, you know, face-to-face. But it's cool because after you meet that person, you get to know who they are and their writing style. And sometimes it works out, mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't. And that doesn't mean you can't still be friends, but sometimes Isn't it funny? songwriters are so different from each other <clears throat> yeah, and how a, they think. It's an interesting dance. You find uh, writing partners that you feel good with and other writing partners where you feel like, well, we got it something, but it was such a struggle, you know. Um, it's, yeah. it's such an interesting process. And there's so many different levels here. Like people who have been in this town for a while are, are strong writers, but then there's a lot of new writers and artists that want to come into town and they want to write, you know, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're not good. It's just, they haven't learned everything yet. And yeah. I, I honestly turn nobody down because I've, I've learned when I came to this town, I looked up to people, and to be honest with you, Nashville is a great place, but also, there's also a lot of people who've shut me down and shut me out, and they didn't give me the chance, Mm -hmm. and so I make sure I always give everyone a chance, Mm -hmm. Um, and I always try to be nice to everyone, because you never know, one, who they are, two, what they're going through, and you never know what might come out of it. Yeah, and what's funny is, you know, again, the business is a relationship, so you might work with somebody just that you think, well, fine, I'll just do this. I'm being nice. And, you know, you ask, so yes. And they turn right around with that song, get a deal. And then they're like, hey, you want to come on the road with me? Oh, wow, cool. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a relationship uh, re- business. So you do have to treat people well and, and with respect. And that, that always comes back. Yeah, and I think that's with anything in life for sure. Yeah. No. Well, listen, we got time to spin another song. So what do you say we play Neon Bar? But before we do... Why don't you tell me a little bit about that song? Yeah, so Neon Bar. Um, when I was back in my hometown, I lived in a like a one-stop-like kind of town. It was New Plymouth, Idaho. 
In fact, well, actually, no, we didn't even have a stoplight. We just had a stop sign. <laughs> and, uh, and it was cool because we had a, a small town bar there. Everybody knew everybody from in town, but they also knew each other at the bar. And so it's just basically, you know, closing down the bar and, and hanging out with your friends and having a good time. Cool. And then this this is off of uh, this is not off of the new EP, right? Or is it? No. So um, all I'm doing right now is just releasing singles. Okay. okay. Um, I have I have five other singles planned for the rest of this year as well. Oh, I see. Okay. And then uh, so when did Neon Bar come out? Neon Bar came out uh, about two and a half three months ago. Okay, and the video is up as well as you mentioned before on YouTube. It is. Yeah, and so the video was actually shot at Donaldson's Pub. Here in Nashville, Tennessee. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I would uh, recommend everybody check them out. That's Millionaire and Neon Bar. And uh, right now, let's listen to uh, Neon Bar from Seth Alexander on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. And that was Neon Bar from Seth Alexander here on the Auto D show. Another really cool track, Seth. I like that a lot. Ah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm 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 in love with that guitar solo. I was gonna like, say that's that my first question is, is that Carrie? Who's playing guitar on that thing? <laughs> no. So uh, this was the only song here in Nashville, one of my very first songs written with uh, Ashton uh, Butler. And um, it was actually done by Andrew, I uh, can't remember his last name, but he's a heck of a guitar player. He played with uh, William Michael Morgan and a bunch of others out on the road. Yeah, there's a lot of character and style in what he did. I thought, ooh, who is that guy? That sounds pretty cool. It was nice. Yeah. It's really nice work and high energy track, too. It's very cool. Yeah, thank you. And you mentioned the bar. You shot that in Nashville? Yep, video. that was at Donaldson's Pub. Yep. <clears throat> cool. I'll have to check that out. Well, listen, man, we got a couple of minutes. Uh, why don't you tell me how people can get a hold of you if they want to hunt you down and follow you? What's the best way? Oh, definitely. So my website. My website has everything. It has all my social media. It has my bio. Uh, you can go there and listen to my music. It's um, www.sethalexanderofficial.com. Um, on there, I believe you can also go to all of the streaming platforms. I'm on all of the streaming platforms, Apple, um, Deezer, all of them, cool. so Spotify, and also YouTube as well. Okay, very, very cool. And do you, how do you feel about social media? Are you active on social media, or is it kind of a pain? Yeah, I, you know, I tend to check my social media every day, and whenever I get a reply or response from somebody, I try to get to it as fast as I can. Um, you know, going back to when I was younger, I would always try to reach out to my, my heroes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I've, I've always thought, you know, I'm going to make sure I get back to my, my fans, my family. Yeah, I think that's very, very cool. Well, Seth, listen, man, I want to thank you for taking the time tonight to hang out and chat with me. Yeah. No, I, I greatly appreciate you. Um, yeah, I... If I'm when I actually when I get down there, I would love to come by and shake your hand and say thank you for this opportunity. I've hey man, you're more than had welcome. Family live down in Tonopah. Oh cool, yeah. So. Well, next time you're out here, just uh, give me a buzz. Yeah, sounds great. All right, my friend. Good luck with the new release in March. All right. Well, thank you. I greatly appreciate that, and uh, you have a wonderful night. Yeah, you too. Take care now. Yeah, thank you. Bye. And you've been listening to the Auto D Show, where my guest is Seth Alexander out of Nashville, Tennessee. With a brand new record coming out in March. So look him up at SethAlexanderOfficial.com.